everyone, welcome to Smart Bus Social Minds podcast. It is Wednesday the 4th of March and episode 13. Um, this is actually uh, a great episode because it's the first of uh, my eco series, which is focused around, um, you know, discussing subjects relating to eco-friendly business and um, climate change and global warming and entrepreneurs that are doing amazing, amazing things within this industry. So uh, in this episode, I chat with Maya Lingham, who is the co-founder of EcoSpot, um, helping everyday people measure their carbon footprint and tackling and, um, you know, working on things that can really uh, make a difference uh, to the negative effects of climate change. So I really hope you enjoy the content. Welcome to Smart Bus Social Minds podcast. I have a wonderful guest with me here today talking about a subject that I am deeply uh, passionate about. Now, before I introduce her, um, as some of you know, I became vegan around a year ago um, during Veganuary. And um, since, you know, trying out veganism, I decided to pursue it full time and I haven't looked back since. Now, this led me into being more curious about nature and the world around us, which then led me into learning more about, um, you know, global warming and climate change. So I've become so passionate about it. Um, but I feel like I don't have enough background knowledge to kind of share um, this subject with you guys. And I'm hoping that our guests can kind of shed some more light on it today. So our next guest is the co-founder of an early stage startup called EcoSpot that helps everyday people measure and reduce their carbon footprint. So welcome onto the podcast, May Lingham. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Um, so obviously your business I think is amazing. I've actually used it myself, but for anyone listening, uh, can you take us through kind of um, step by step for someone approaching your product, how they would use it and what the benefits would be? Sure. So EcoSpot is a product for everyday people who have a concern about the environment. Um, how it basically came about in the first place was I was traveling between London and the US um, for work and I was starting to get really concerned about this regular flights I was taking and their effects on the environment. Um, now I knew that actually that would contribute to my employer's carbon footprint, but it got me thinking about like where our personal responsibility lies and how I could actually understand what impact those flights were actually having. So if you want to lose weight or think about how many steps you're taking in a day or improve your uh, credit score, there is technology for all of those things, right? You can track your credit score, you can track the daily steps you take, you can track your weight loss plans, etc. There's nothing really for your carbon footprint for the everyday person to measure and reduce their carbon footprint. So I just started thinking about that and it made me think, okay, these flights I'm taking, do I plant some trees? Um, how many trees should I plant? Where should I go to plant trees? Or should I be vegan? How long would I have to be vegan for to kind of balance out the fact that I've taken all these flights? Or should I quit my job entirely? I didn't really want to do that because it was like a great opportunity for me. And I thought, what career or the environment? So um, I had all these questions um, and I didn't really do anything at that point with it. Now, fast forward six months and I met my now co-founder called Tim and he was already thinking about how he could make it easier for people to um, eat vegan recipes or vegetarian recipes and how they could actually find out what is the carbon impact of this recipe 
and how that if, like affects their carbon footprint. So we decided to join forces and instead of just focusing on food, look at carbon footprints as a whole. So that's how EcoSpot came about. We decided we needed an easy way for everyday people to measure and reduce their carbon footprint. Um, when you come to EcoSpot, it starts with a three minute carbon footprint calculator. So you're gonna answer questions about your food, your transport, your home, your shopping. And then we tell you how many tons of CO2 you're emitting every year and what that's equivalent to in trees. Um, then we basically are building an easy to follow plan for you. So that's tailored to your budget and your lifestyle. And that just guides you through step by step the changes you could make to cut your carbon footprint in half. Um, and then we reward you every time you make a change. So we believe in helping everyone along the way. So every time you do make a change, so for you, that would have been like becoming vegan is a huge one. Um, we plant a tree for you and you have the ability to also plant trees if you want to plant additional trees for say your family members and um, grow your own forest that way. Wow, that is super fantastic. And, you know, you, you kind of shared so much there. Um, and it's such a wonderful uh, concept and such a wonderful startup. Um, and I'm going to be sharing it with as many people as possible. Now, I've actually been to your website and I actually did the carbon footprint calculator. And I was actually um, really surprised that my score was quite low compared to the UK average. So I got 34.6. Would you say that's quite a good score? Yeah, that is, that's great. And like, you can see then that how much of a difference veganism makes. And I think that was the really important thing for us was that I do not consider myself an eco-warrior by any means, um, but it's about everyday people taking those small steps. It's just that we, I'm not gonna live a perfect lifestyle. None of us can just in the way that society works at the moment, it's not possible for us to do that. But if you are going to buy maybe five things during the day, or you, when you go to buy your lunch, if you just had a little bit of information to help you make a decision about what you purchased, I think people don't realize like how much of an impact just those small changes that you make are. So maybe you're not gonna change everything about your life, but if you can just find out that actually the biggest impact thing for me to do is just switching off my appliances every day at the wall, like if we can actually tell you the numbers of what a change that makes and then you find out that's, that's the kind of information I think people need to take small steps. So it doesn't have to be that eco-friendly equals the most expensive option or eco-friendly takes hours to research what I should be doing or shouldn't be doing. It's just those small things that you can start doing like from today. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think we're stuck in this kind of world where we think, well, if I just do that, it's not going to make any difference. But what you're saying is if everybody does that and we kind of spread the message, then all those little things really do add up to such big results. So what would you say is actually you probably know the answer to this is the biggest contributor. I know this is quite a controversial subject as well. What is the biggest contributor to the negative effects? Uh, of climate change and global warming? Well, I think that's a tricky one because a little bit like what you just touched on is like the individual responsibility versus the huge corporations and the government's responsibility. Now, obviously they have the most work to do in helping us tackle the climate crisis. But in terms of in our own personal lives, what the biggest, like the biggest factor that I would change, the first thing that I would change and the thing that I change first, so I'm not vegan, but the first thing that I changed was just cutting out beef um, because I, we did a little case study, um, my co-founder and I, when we first met and neither of us are really fast food eaters, but we thought, okay, let's take McDonald's and let's look at if you went to McDonald's and had a beef Big Mac, what is the greenhouse gas emissions that, that come with that? And the 
the equivalent of eating one Big Mac at McDonald's was equivalent to eating six and a half chicken Big Macs or having 57 large fries or using over 2,700 plastic straws. That's the same emissions created from one beef Big Mac. And it's that, that kind of information, like I was saying, so I'm not a fast food eater, but that, that's the kind of hard hitting facts that you just need to know because that's not a big deal then. Have the, if you, you can still have your fast food, but go for the chicken Big Mac then. Because like that's six times the impact that you're having by making that choice. So I think that's the first change I would make. But also I think a really great one for everyone to do is switch to a renewable energy provider. Because not only is it super simple, there is like some great um, suppliers coming up like bulb, the good energy, ecotricity, and they make swapping so easy. But the biggest benefit other than, you know, helping the planet is that it saves you money. Like nearly all of those are less expensive than your, like the big, you know, the big supplies that are out there at the moment. So those are the kind of two I would start with. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm already vegan. So that's one. And number two, I'm with bulb. So I'm really happy about that. <laughs> I never knew that. I didn't even know they were a renewable energy company. That kind of stuff. I'm so busy. I never really have time to kind of research. But I'm glad you said that. Now I won't switch my provider. Um, so also um, relating to EcoSpot, I know you are a big believer in planting trees and you've kind of amalgamated that into your startup. Could you explain a little bit more about that concept and also the benefits of planting trees? The reason that we um, incorporated planting trees into what we're doing is because I think the biggest kind of challenge that we're facing um, at EcoSpot that we will face is how do you make carbon footprints tangible for the everyday person, right? Because when you're speaking about greenhouse gases or um, the carbon created or anything like that, or your carbon footprint, I can't see any of these things. So I'm going around my everyday life getting on the tube or getting in an Uber or buying my lunch. And I cannot see um, the effect of the choices I make, which makes it really hard to make people, to help people make change. For example, if I'm trying to lose weight, then people in various ways will track their progress. Maybe they go down a gene size or they weigh themselves or they just feel stronger at the gym. And those things help them and motivate them to continue. But with carbon footprints, it can be a little bit tricky because, well, if I can't see the impact I'm making, what keeps me going? Um, and tree planting is great because one, it, it shows you this, the physical thing that you're putting into the ground that's growing with you and like follows as along with your journey, but that is also doing amazing things for the planet. So trees clean the air that we breathe, they create habitats and they sequester carbon. So as they, as they grow, they're absorbing the carbon in the atmosphere. And so they're just like an amazing, amazing way. I and mean, I'm sure we're all hearing a lot about tree planting lately but they're kind of the best thing that us as individuals outside of making those lifestyle changes can start doing. And it could be in your garden. You could, you know, there are great charities like Trees for Cities who can send you a tree and you can plant it in your own garden, or you can use services like EcoSpot. And at the moment we support a charity called Trees for Life and the trees that we plant are planted in the Scottish Highlands. And so they're working on rewilding the Scottish Highlands and the habitats up there. Awesome. Now, um, I, I am a big believer in planting trees and um, I never knew kind of the benefits of it until I kind of, you know, looked into climate change. But um, I believe that, you know, it should be introduced into more schools. And thankfully, um, my kids go to a school where they kind of do a lot of things based around, um, you know, 
the um, you know the climate change and global warming, and they actually plant trees as well. So I think that a lot of schools should do that because I think you know it kind of starts from getting into that mindset young, and also planting trees from when they're young, kind of you know as you know trees take quite a while to grow. So I think you know schools are a great place to kind of introduce that. So yeah, um, that's amazing part of your business. Um, so apart from you know being co more conscious when we're eating and um, switching to a renewable energy supplier, what other things can people, everyday people do or what kind of swaps can they make to live uh, a greener lifestyle? So a lot of it is about consuming less or consuming more consciously when you do need to buy something. So what um, we really promote, for example, um, on EcoSpot is say, we look at your carbon footprint and see a lot of it's coming from your shopping. Then we might say, okay, so if you have kids, kids grow really fast and it means that you need like a lot of, you know, they're going through clothes sizes all the time, but also with our own shopping as adults, um, we don't need to buy new as often as we do, but when we do, we can support sustainable brands. And there are some amazing, um, amazing companies that are coming up just in the last few years um, that, don't mean that you have to sacrifice style they're like fashion-led um, eco-friendly brands um, but the best thing is kind of promoting a circular economy so instead of us buying new there are great startups that we recommend through EcoSpot that help you repair your clothes and that doesn't mean like having to go and find your local repair shop or it's not being open at the time you need but the same convenience that you expect in other areas of your life where you can just drop off your clothes or package it up and send it off and they will repair them at a really affordable price and send them back to you. Um, the other things that you can do are use fashion sharing apps. So a little bit like Airbnb for fashion. So we also have a number of those that we, um, that we suggest using on EcoSpot. Um, and the way that they work is that you post your clothes and you rent your clothes to like-minded people in the community and you rent clothes. So if you're going to a wedding or an event, I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we've bought those those one-time wares that that's what we're trying to really stray away from <laughs> in the future. You mean so like kind of like a swap shop or exactly on a swap shop a swap shop um, that really brings you the convenience. I think the great thing about tech is being able to bring you that convenience. I think before um, starting EcoSpot, the biggest barrier for me was that I I'm of a generation who expects the things that I need when I need them at my doorstep. I mean, I didn't even grow up with Amazon, but now I can't imagine like, what was the world like before we all just had everything delivered with Amazon Prime all the time? So, so that can be, we totally appreciate that it's really difficult to undo some of those kind of, um, those kind of behaviors that we have it's really hard to make those lifestyle changes so we're really for ways to bring that same kind of convenience but in a sustainable way well that's amazing i'm a big um you know supporter of technology and i do agree with you that if it was more convenient for people to make changes then they definitely would so it's about you know bringing together technology and you know innovation in, in kind of uh, you know the industry that you're in and um, that's amazing now um i invited you on here um to shed some light on you know global warming climate change and i know that um it's quite a controversial subject in the media in everyday life it's an ongoing debate i mean i remember learning about this stuff um when i was at school and you know it was 
something that we did as topics in school, but now you, you hear more and more about it and then people have their own opinions of it. So, you know, I find that people, generally some people are still in denial that there is actually a dilemma um, with, you know, global warming and climate change. And even some government officials are still in denial and they're not taking enough action. But what would you say, obviously you have so much knowledge and um, background information on the topic. What would you say to help convince someone that in fact, you know what, we are in a bit of a dilemma when it comes to climate change and kind of, you know, convincing them to start making changes in their everyday living. So really, unfortunately, the way that we, this will manifest, the way that we are seeing that is it's, a, it's an increasing number of natural disasters that are taking place around the globe. We saw that with the Australian bushfires. We lost over 1 billion animals um, in those fires. We saw it in Californian wildfires last year. And right now we're seeing it in the flooding happening around the UK. Unfortunately, those, those natural disasters are only going to continue. Um, they're going to be they come, they're going to be at the forefront of our lives and they will touch all of our lives eventually. Um, I think last year a real shift took place um, with things, the awareness brought about like by Blue Planet 2, by Greta Thunberg, by the School Strikes for Future. And I think a real positive indication was last year, a poll in August showed that now 83% um, of Britons say they feel concerned about climate change with 51% saying they feel very concerned. Um, and that demand from change from the public is really what will drive the government and major corporations to have to act. So even if it's the smallest things that you can do, you can switch your energy provider. It benefits you because you also save money. But that really shows collective action. And using a platform like EcoSpot, we can drive that collection action. We can build it all together. And that gives us, we've already been working with councils in the UK. So that's exactly the kind of um, action that we can just show them. There's other benefits to you aside from saving the planet, which is, can be saving money or saving time. Um, but the main thing is, yeah, we can show, we can show the people who hold the most power um, that consumers are really demanding change. I'm also so inspired. We were just at a climate strike on um, Friday where Greta Thunberg visited Bristol. And we're so inspired by the number of teenagers out there um, protesting and we really are gen z are the activist generation so whether or not we feel accountable at this moment there's a generation coming up that are about to hold us all accountable whether that's your that's your little sister or you, your, your granddaughter except or your daughter etc um we have a duty to them we've got we've had a huge amount of benefits from this planet and opportunities and they should surely have the same so the numbers are there and we, and you know just by what you said we can see that you know the younger generation are really already taking an interest and they do care about um you know the planet and you know the future of the planet so it's kind of a case of get on board now because you're going to have to get on board at some stage anyway right and the sooner you do that the better for everybody right, right. um so obviously your business is amazing and I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we hear about EcoSpot um, just by the business model and the concept and the mission and, and everything behind it. I, you know, I really think that it's going to go far. Um, but obviously you face some challenge, um, challenges. Now this is an entrepreneur um, podcast and um, I love, you know, when business owners come on and they talk about, you know, 
kind of the steps to how they created something and then the challenges that they face and how they overcome it and you know kind of what they learn so I'm sure you've come across um, some challenges in your business so um, is there anything that you'd like to share maybe something that you've learned from those challenges and something you can share for budding entrepreneurs listening Sure, definitely a lot of challenges. So we're pretty early on in our journey. So I think on a weekly, if not daily basis, we still have real highs and real lows. And that was something other founders told me about at the beginning of our journey, which I didn't really appreciate. Um, I think keeping in check your um, your own well-being as a founder is super important. And that is something I totally overlooked. Um, when you're so passionate, like both myself and my co-founder, Tim, we have a strong work ethic. Um, and suddenly this is your own company and you feel like, well, I have to put, you know, 150% into this. And I think for the first four months, we worked seven day weeks every every week um didn't have a a break a time away from what we were doing now while that is really good for getting stuff done um we th did then experience burnout and i think that i think that was the first thing that i wished um i had known at the beginning of the journey is that you are going to be super passionate about what you're doing and you're going to want to see results and the results are never going to be fast enough for you but as one of my mentors said to me last week you need to be operating in fourth gear so that when you, there is the time to go into fifth gear you have a fifth gear to go into if you're always in fifth gear then when you need to give a push what are you going to use to push you have nothing else to push so i think that's really like hit home for us in terms of getting the balance you know you never we i really struggle with not thinking about what our business like having any aspects of your life when you're not thinking about it but it's always in the moments that you're not consciously thinking about it that you kind of have the biggest breakthroughs do you know what i mean when you're able to process things subconsciously is when you actually can end up moving the needle forward when you get back to work so i think one would be striking that balance um other things yeah, definitely those highs and lows but i think um prioritizing and and juggling multiple things um we know of many of our founders working around us who are sole founders i have so much respect for them because i don't know how they do it um as two co-founders there's still there's too much to do and not enough time so i think being able to prioritize and juggle those things um is go is going to be a continuous challenge the things i've kind of learned as going as going forward would be that there are really great frameworks available for free across the internet made by founders who've done this so many times before for example doing like the lean business canvas a value proposition canvas and getting some of those really key documents in place um, like going a step further than just a traditional business model and thinking what's my lean business canvas and what are the assumptions i'm trying to test with my startup um what do i need to validate immediately so there are so many exercises that you can do that give you a weak structure, especially when you're getting through those first few months of things are constantly changing. You really need some, some grounding mission or some grounding um, documents that you're working to. And like, okay, week by week, day by day, is are the tasks that we're doing actually contributing to the thing that this goal that we're trying to achieve by the end of the week? If not, why are we doing it? So I definitely think 
burnout and prioritization are the two <laughs> things I've learned about. Wow, that is absolutely amazing advice. And I learned so much from what you just said, especially uh, about what you meant to said about going from fourth to fifth gear. I'll never forget that. I think that's really, really great information. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so obviously those are your struggles. You've probably had more than that, like everybody else. But um, you do this obviously because you're motivated deeply about what you're doing. But um, you know, on a more personal level, what are the upsides of um, being a co-founder of your own startup and um, being in charge of your own kind of success and destiny as an entrepreneur? Oh, it's, I think there are so many upsides. I mean, it can be so, so, there's so much pressure, but you would have to absolutely like love it. The upsides definitely outweigh those things. I think um, the biggest upsides have, have been really about seeing what you can create with little. We did this with very limited resource. We haven't got external funding at the moment. This is totally self-funded. And it's really like the best time for anybody to start a business at the moment, because there are plenty of like no code tools. So whether you're trying to build an e-commerce website, um, a, a platform like ours, a social media platform, pretty much every, anything you can dream of at the moment, you can now create and it doesn't matter if you're not a developer um, you can learn as you you can learn as you go and it's affordable to do those things so that's been really exciting because we quit our jobs <laughs> to work on this full time when we just had an idea absolutely nothing else but an idea um, so it's really exciting to then build your platform just the two of you um, collaborate get it out there to users, actually see that people are interested in what you're doing. And I think for me, why I love working in tech and even in the last startups I worked in is just seeing um, from a founder and their idea to, in our case, just hundreds, but in the last startup, I worked for millions of people using this product. You see it in their hands, you see how they use it differently. You see how it genuinely has really improved their lives saved them time, made hiring processes easier at the last startup I worked at, hopefully make people make greener choices in their everyday lives with our startup. So it's really insane to me how you can touch like millions of lives with technology. So that's super exciting. And, um, and I think we really had a focus on learning when we started EcoSpot. We're both early on in our careers. And I I think the benefit of that is just we have a huge, huge hunger to learn. And that means that you will inevitably fail in startups. Um, you will, there will be failures, there will be mistakes that are made, etc. But instead of them focused on, oh, a failure that I can't move past, when you're really just your core focus is on learning, it means that every kind of um every miss is also a kind of win because you'd learn, okay, I'm that's not how I'm going to do that again in the future. So, um, and it, you just able to throw yourself into it and overcome that fear of, okay, this is not how working out how I thought it was going to work out. Um, yeah. So I think seeing a problem and seeing how many different ways you can explore and solve it from so many people is definitely the biggest upside of being an entrepreneur. Well, that's fantastic. You definitely sound like you're well on your way to uh, great things ahead. Um, so lastly, um, when people want to kind of connect with what EcoSpot is doing, do you have like an Instagram account or um, do they just go onto your website or how can they? Yeah, we have so bad social media. That's where we need your help. So we, <laughs> our, 
our focus is at the moment just on the website so at the moment if you go to ecospot.io you can sign up there's a box straight um, away to put your email address in and we'll keep you updated as we we're about to relaunch okay. so um, in the next few weeks you'll be updated on that Awesome. Well, I can definitely help you kind of kickstart that or at least give you some direction with that after the call. Um, so uh, another thing, are you actually actively looking for outside investors or do you plan to do that kind of with your business model set up or how is that looking? Yes, yeah, so we will be looking for investment. I mean, our, when I think another thing, Thing that I've learned is coming into this as an entrepreneur, especially if, if you have a co-founder, is thinking, what are you actually aspiring to business goals? Like, okay, we know that we're in this for the long haul when you're building a business, when you're building a company. We've got 10 years, but my 10 years versus someone else's 10 years in a company could look really different. And what are your main motivations? Um, and for us, it's actually building a profitable, sustainable business. And we will need external funding to do... Um, to kind of get us to the next stage, but we're looking for angel investment. Um, we are not looking for insane hyper growth. What we're really interested in, how do you build a sustainable business and getting to profitability as soon as possible? Brilliant. I thought I'd throw that in there just in case there's any investors listening who might want to get involved. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that out there. So that's amazing. Well, um, Maya, thank you so much for joining us today. You have shared a wealth of information. Um, I can't wait to go back and have a listen and kind of write notes about all the things that you mentioned as well. Um, you definitely taught me a lot on this call. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And I wish you amazing day and amazing success for EcoSpot. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really great. See you soon.